I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this party started tonight. Teachers are like what? goalkeepers, right? They're goalkeepers yeah. because you either remember the shit ones or the great ones. Mm. The ones kind of, meh, they're good, do their job. You don't remember. I really remember Mr. Onana when I was in grade two. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Forrest, he was freaking brilliant. Yeah. Towering presence. That's funny. <laughs> it's funny, Prime the podcast. That's Amy Walsh. She's sick. Um, Craig Forrest is here. He's a little bit sick as well. She's going to get some. Wong is here. He's he's just sick. <laughs> no. I, hey, look. I, a lot of you guys have been bugging me about how sick I've been. You guys are all sick. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm I am Bizarro Superman. No, you're I'm sick not. as in sick in the head, like a yes, like I, know. Was I sick. got that. I you're got sick. the pun. Okay. I got it. JC's here. JC he's not sick. Here. No, nope. Jeffrey Dahmer. Turn, yeah. turn, I turned your microphone off while you were Jeffrey walking around. Head, right? Let's be honest. Wouldn't have been a good teacher, probably. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Oh, good. Maybe no, he good culinary been, arts. He would have been sc- scouting the whole time. <laughs> He'd be like, "Hey, draft choice number four: the half Asian man in the corner. That <laughs> that that Steve Chang guy. He's he's uh, fun. He's outgoing. He, he might want to yeah. hang out one time. Give he you would the taste good." Well, you know what the other thing is? A little roasted garlic uh, powder on me? I'd be delicious for for Jeffrey Dahmer. Very moist, I bet. (laughs) Like like duck. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to drip off all the fat. A little greasy. Yes, you have to render the Steve Chang. (laughs) (laughs) But you keep that fat, though, for the next dish. Yeah, like the roasted spuds or something, right? Yeah, exactly. The gravy. Oh, I'm, I'm cooking today, actually. I think I'm doing, actually, I'm doing a spicy jerk today, actually. Mm. Um, and um, what else? all steak and ale as well. So, mm. Mm. 
Spicy Delicious. Jerk. That's uh, another name for Jimmy Brennan, right? Yes, who isn't here? <laughs> that spicy jerk. Or am I Jimmy uh, not here? <laughs> you joining us today? I, yeah, I think he's dropping the kids off and joining us on the run, on the run. I didn't get that, Amy. You're laughing. I have to say it again. <laughs> it might be describing Jimmy, or also might be why he's not here. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We'll, we'll tell by the look of shame on him when he shows up in five mm -hmm. minutes' time. If he's got the Jimmy shame, we'll know. <laughs> um, Wonga, hey, Wonga, by the way, was uh, robbed yesterday. I was. Did you hear what? this? Yeah, so I uh, have a CIBC card that I usually use just for gas. And on Thursday night, used it for my cab ride home. And the cab driver said, hey, my machine won't reach that far. And I said, okay, well, grab the card. And then he pulled it back and I punched the numbers in. Well, it was a clone machine. And I woke up on um, Tuesday, yesterday, and checked my CIBC account because I'm traveling at Christmas and I was like having money in it. And there was $1,500 gone. So um, they went through my account. They cloned my machine. So everyone be careful. They did it right in front of me. I felt stupid, and at the same time, I was angry. Mm -hmm. uh, the fraud department at the CIBC were great. I have no idea if I'm getting the money back yet, but this will be an ongoing tale. And uh, But just keep your eyes open, and even if your eyes are open, don't put your card into the front of a cab. Who knows what can happen? So, so there's some rare, but some rogue cabbies. Yeah, it's like the five percent of uh, yeah, you know, exactly uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So you only hear about the teachers bad, and great bad cabbies yeah. and the good cabbies. That's right. Wow. It's like anything. So next time, take a fucking Uber. Yeah, well, or Lyft, which we did or on Lyft. Friday night when mm -hmm. we went and ate eighteen thousand dollars worth of Chinese food. By the way, I've got to um, invoice you, right? That, that yeah. Uber charge. Yeah, yeah. Add it, okay. add it to your, uh, yeah, add it to your bill. <laughs> My bill. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so let's the Wonger. Sorry, sorry that happened. Uh, it was very upsetting because um, I was literally going, "Oh, all of my Christmas gifts." That's kind of my Christmas gift level for Excuse. my family across the board. So now I'm going to have to delve into my uh, retirement account and take out uh, that eighteen hundred dollars I've saved all of my life. Otherwise, no, otherwise known as Footy Prime's account. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. I, I thought don't it was going to be like money. another one with like the bag that you leave on the sidewalk, but you like just drop your bank card and be like, you guys, uh, I was robbed, but actually I just left my card on the sidewalk. Look, I'm at fault for a lot of this stuff. Let's be honest. <laughs> so I have to, I go, the yeah, way I that live. That wasn't your fault. No, no. But I did be get ripped off. But well done, sir. Well, good being scam. Being robbed is just awful though, isn't it? When it, it really happens. is. It could be 10 bucks. It could be 1500 bucks. I mean, I think I'd rather be eaten by Jeffrey Dahmer. Then mm. get robbed. You feel so dirty afterwards and just like, ah, thieves? Well, we know what thieves are, right? And they should all die on the plate. <laughs> of Can I Dahmer. tell you? Here's something. So, when I, was, when I was like 13, <laughs> bread. can I tell you, when I was like 13, I got robbed by, like, I jumped by a group of fellas. Um, and I, I was, it really shook me up because they beat me up pretty bad. And my, I went to my Grammy. My Grammy and Grandpa's house, and my Grammy said. So my Grammy was the first woman to work in the um, correctional system in Canada. She was a secretary and actually worked in a jail. So she said to me, "She's like, don't worry, sweetheart. They'll get buggered in prison." 
And I had no idea what that, I'm like, what does that mean? And she said, you'll find out when you're 18. <laughs> and boy, did I ever. <laughs> sweet, sweet Grammy. Yeah, what a story. It made you feel better though, right? It's like, yeah, they will. They'll yeah. get really buggered in jail one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough about jail rape. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we gone through. Today? We went through Dahmer and then Jimmy. Enough about Jimmy. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk about Manchester well. United. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's start with this. I mean, you, we've all heard the John Herbman interview on CBC's um, Players' Voice. Players' own voice. Players' only voice. Yeah, own voice. It's an outstanding mm-hmm. interview. Yeah. Anastasia, she can. Uh, she's one of those people that can draw. I think she's really now. disarming, isn't she? Yeah, exactly. She's outstanding. Um, mm. A fascinating interview where he divulges the fact that he really thought that he should not have gone to the World Cup because mentally at the time he wasn't in the right place, given that his sister had committed suicide earlier in the year and that he he should have perhaps stepped aside in June. Um, Craig, this is pretty powerful stuff. Um, you never quite know what's happening behind the scenes. When you first heard this, you know, you, you know, John, you've spoken to John in, mm-hmm. in some detail a lot over the last uh, couple of years. Did this surprise you? Um, no, not really. Um, well, we had some deep discussions along. I mean, he's had deep discussions with a lot of people. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And, and he's got more layers than uh, I've known any individual before. Um, he's a very deep, deep thinker. Um, and he's also what he talked about with his family has always been the fixer. And I can see that. Um, and he wasn't able to do that for his sister when he felt that it was on him because she was reaching out or he thought she was, but quite honestly, I think that with the discussions I've had with him, you know, it's, it, it goes, I don't, I'm not sure that he could have helped her. Um, honestly, I think that, she was probably beyond that. And, uh, and I don't think that him going over at the time when he thinks he should have, that that would have helped quite honestly. Um, it was a sad, sad situation with her that she, she fought for an awful long time. He's been there for the rest of the family and the, 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 fa- the, the kids uh, of his sister as well. And um, it, it stung him. It really did uh, as it would do most people, of course, and how he's dealt with that. And through all those difficult times of qualification, having to have that in the back of his mind, it puts a lot of weight on an individual. So I was, I was in the mind of thinking that when the world cup came around, that he was ready and he was, uh, he was excited about it. He certainly was, but at the same time, I think it was in the back of his mind and it was, it was really hurting him, even though he was trying to kid himself that things were, were okay. Um, but, I thought the interview was, yeah, candid, really, really good. And the one-on-one situation. And I think with, I think sometimes certain individuals have that. And I think you, you, you nailed it, uh, Dubs, with the unarming, you know, uh, of John. And, and I think that uh, people are capable of doing that because you can get an awful lot out of John if you, if you do get in those one-on-one situations. And I think we saw something from him that most people don't. And that's that deep side of him that, uh, that uh, affects him on a daily basis. I think we saw John as well, where he wasn't quote unquote on, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know him the way that you do, but he always strikes me as somebody who's obviously he's meticulous in his preparation. And you even see that 
in my mind is kind of a mask when he's present with media and, and he's doing interviews. And so I think with Anastasia, what she was able to do was, was to get to know or to get John to present to the world who is actually the genuine John. Um, I, so I, I really, I really enjoyed that, that aspect mm. of it. And then his discussion about, about trauma and, and everything that he had gone through, but also as it applied to, to sport and, and, and moving through, um, competitions and, and dealing with your own individual performance, dealing with the dressing room, the dressing room going from a we environment to a me environment. Um, I, I really loved how that kind of seamlessly transitioned, even though, you know, the, the discussion about his sister was, was a little bit like a bomb at, at the end. And even Anastasia didn't, wasn't quite sure how to, how to react, but he obviously felt comfortable enough to, to divulge that and to, and to talk about it candidly, um, which I think is a really important discussion because it's, you know, suicide is something that, that doesn't get discussed and, and, and mental health and people in prominent positions going through difficult situations where they're part of that support or they're dealing with it themselves. So I thought it was a really critical conversation to have. And I think gave people a better understanding of, of what he was moving through and what he was dealing with. And, and also the fact that that Canada soccer was thoroughly unprepared for having that team at the world cup, even though it was a surprise and we saw it, I saw it mostly as being a positive thing. Like, kind of a, a fuck you to everybody. Like we're here, we've arrived. But the reality of it was, is that this, that support was not there in the way that it should have been. And that was sort of the, the overarching theme of it all, you know, that, that personal support that he wanted to provi- provide his sister and maybe the support that he himself didn't seek because he maybe didn't realize, and he's only realizing it now in hindsight, um, what he needed at the time to, to move mm-hmm. through that in a, in a way that allowed him to be present fully, he probably pushed down a lot of stuff that that he should have dealt with. It's the first time too, I think, that he really, I wouldn't say he criticised Canada soccer, but he insinuated that, like you said, their dubs, they weren't ready. And that the, the we had become me at that level. And how they, they just weren't ready or prepared for a World Cup. That's the first time he's really spoken about that. I want more. <laughs> I want more. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure and, and as years go by, we'll find out more how on the pitch, this team was probably ready to a certain degree. You know, they, they deserve to be there. They, they boss conquer calf. And regardless of what happened to the world cup, they were a legitimate team side. They should be there, but behind the scenes, what they were dealing with, essentially an amateur run organization, not in the least bit ready for that kind of stage. And things that I think we suspected, but it's the first time that the head coach at the time said that. Um, sorry, Charms. There's also uh, Amy and I talk about this every once in a while, where we're you don't realize when death is going to affect you. It's you know. So for John, obviously the trauma, but it's also you know as a player you're playing through a lot of things, and it's as a coach the mental gymnastics to have to navigate the two different sides of your brain through that would have been, um, you know, it would have been incredible to to come out that with any success whatsoever. Um, When, when you think of death, I'll, I'll be honest about my situation. I used to be a voracious reader. 
I can't read. I haven't read novels since my dad passed in about nine years ago, just because it puts me in this really dark place and a sad place. And then I'm not as, and hopefully I can break through that, but there's all these things that it triggers that you don't know until it happens. So for John, I have no idea whether or not, uh, well, <laughs> this <is> the <laughs> stuff that we talk, Amy and I talk about it, we're like half crying all the time, but it's, it get, you tr- get triggered and all of a sudden it's overwhelming. And for me, that's when I get into a book or try to read because my first books were always my dad's books. And so I read the whole Ludlum. I read all Tom Clancy and it gives me good feelings, but it also makes me sad. And then I'm not present for my kids because I'm so sad that I'm like, oh, okay, I have to, I have an hour to work through this. So imagine the pressure, the amount of labor. I'm just talking about intensity of labor for John during that period. It's incredible that he was able to sustain what he did sustain, to be honest. So, well, sorry, the, the, the whole reading yeah. thing with you, that's because it reminds you of your it, There's two things. It reminds me of, you know, uh, to be a writer, to be a reader, you have to be, you have to embrace the solitude. And it's a very difficult thing and not a lot. That's why writers and, uh, you know, people who are in the arts, they're always on the edge with a lot of this stuff. Um, and I, I'm on the cusp of that. I'm half business. I'm half creative. And sometimes on the creative bent, I get a little, I, I, I can get deep into that. So I, not that I try and stay away from it, but if I know a trigger, I'll, I'll kind of manage my way through it and go, okay, I'm going to, cause I, I've told my daughters, it's not just how I read, it's what I read. So going into a novel that is, you know, 800 pages keeps me, I can't do that. Whereas I read news voraciously. I read every, you know, we're always texting each other saying, hey, read this article. I probably read more now than I ever read, but it's about novels and nonfiction and even even fiction. So and it's an it, I don't know why, but it's something I have to work through, obviously. So I'll share that with uh, Canada, America and all the world. <laughs> Any Sorry, anyone, anyone with some um, suggestions for really happy books for, for <laughs> maybe shorter, maybe not 800 pages? Well, you know, I'll start off with like uh, cooking books because it's just the ingredients. Yes. Literally, you're like, that's two pages, baby. Yeah. And, and, and not Jeffrey Dahmer's cooking book. No, just, oh, right. God. I love how you called it a cooking book. I, I call them cookbooks. You're oh, like, right. no, yeah, this, you're is right, actually, this is an action book. This is a cooking book. <laughs> Yeah, maybe some some Jamie Oliver might do you well. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Very positive, but yeah, I mean, listen, it's obviously an enormous story. Um, with no one doubts that John wasn't ready for the World Cup, though, Craig. I mean, as far as planning, he is meticulous. He probably used that, I'm sure, to his advantage as well as he's trying to deal with these as, as a coping me- mechanism to a certain degree. But if you're not if you're not mentally fully engaged at that mm. level, can it, let's be honest, let's be cruel here. Can it cost a team? I, I don't think from a coaching standpoint, it would, would it? No, I don't think so. Unless the players saw through that, but I, I don't, uh, I think that he kept himself busy. Um, and that obviously helped them quite a bit with it. 
but I think he was as prepared as he possibly could be. This, you know, just shows you what's going on because I mean, some of the stuff that he would have been dealing with, what he would have felt would be incredibly trivial, you know, like first class travel, all this kind of stuff, and all these different things that he's dealing with with players and their problems. Yet in the back of his head, he's got some real issues here, and something that's tragic that's happened in his life, and he's trying to deal with that as well. And then also, like when Dan, you talk about your kids, and he's trying to deal with his kids, and how does he deal with that, and how does he, you know, spend. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Time with him. And I know that that was a big factor for him uh, in Vancouver was he, the amount of time he was being able to spend with his family, which was terrific. Um, but as far as making the move as well, uh, when he did, uh, it's clear now that it was it was the right moment for him. And he's got his own challenges, too, with the, with his career, which he really enjoys challenging himself. He's always pushed himself to do something different and try something new. And this is a this is a big project for him. But to be fair, I mean, Toronto SC can't go anywhere but up. <laughs> That's a valid point. Yeah, exactly. He, he talks, Dubs, about trauma in rooms, in locker rooms. And when he took over the women's team, he saw trauma. When he took over the men's team, he saw trauma. And certainly, I found it interesting, when he walked into that TFC room, he, he noticed there was trauma. And that's not to overblow or, or, or undersell the word trauma. It comes in sh- many shapes and sizes. And some people might say, oh, they're freaking footballers. they got some bad results. But I think we have to acknowledge the pressure professional footballers are, are under here. And when he talks about trauma in that room, um, I find that quite interesting that it, it is far more than just, you know, nuts and bolts results. TFC, for example, this is something pretty ingrained in them at this point, it seems. Yeah. And, and obviously he talks about himself being, being a fixer. I think that's why he, he felt so obviously when you lose anybody, um, it's, it's a tremendous amount to deal with, but he, he said he saw himself as a fixer and he couldn't fix it when it came to his sister. But I mean, that same kind of mentality, I think, helps him as as a coach as he sees a situation and he wants to dive in and he wants to fix it. And whether that's personal relationships, whether that's the dressing room, whether that's the tactics on the pitch. Um, but I, I think as a as a footballer, as a high performing athlete, you do develop. And again, I'm drawing parallels now with with language. You just mentioned it with with trauma, um, you know, stealing from that realm, but obviously in a much more superficial sense, you do develop coping mechanisms as as an athlete in a way that you engage with teammates, in a way that you engage with staff, um, your your manager, um, but also in the way that you engage 
with your with your job and in the day to day. And so if you've if you've suffered, um, you know, hardships, as it were, or you haven't fulfilled expectations, then you're not really expressing yourself in a way that you can. And so you have to strip all of that away and then really address who you are as a person, who you are as an athlete. And I wasn't there in, in 2011 where he had, when he had to do that with the women's team or 2018 with the men's team and what he's dealing with right now with, with TFC. But I believe it's about stripping things bare and laying it down plain, what they want to accomplish as a team, making sure everybody's in it together, but that everybody is really their two authentic selves. And it sounds so fucking cliche because I think that you, that word is, is overused. But I mean, that's where you're going to pull the best out of people, where they feel the most mm. comfortable to be themselves. And that's where you're going to perform the best on the pitch as well. So I think I think that is what he's alluding to is when he sees that trauma. He sees players who are are putting up walls because they're fearful of showing who they truly are. And then they can get the best yeah. out of them, pull the best out of them individually, but also collectively when they're free to be themselves. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and, you know, you look, he talks about mindset and, and where this TFC team is. When you look at mindset, these players are some of the best skilled players that they have. They didn't become poor players overnight and losing confidence. It's all, you know, like you said, some of the most skilled players in the world. If you don't have the right mindset, you're not going to get an awful lot from them. So he has the ability to do that, to really create a culture uh, wherever he's been. Uh, and he's always had his uh, naysayers that, you know, he's, you know, he's never done this and he's never done that. And he's blah, 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 never done coaching at club level. And okay, it's true, but he can build a culture like uh, I've never seen anybody build one before. And he's done that brilliantly with a with two different national national teams and, and both the female and the men so it doesn't matter who they are it's people that you can you can really do that and he's he's one of the most interesting people i you must admit that uh, we've ever come across uh, certainly one of the, that i've ever met he's 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 certainly not a boring guy he's uh he's, he's an educator he's a teacher as as much as anything and it's great to see that human side right I think in mm. past interviews with John on here, we've seen that human side kind of creep in. He talks about his his vacations in his VW van with his wife, that kind of stuff. And like you were saying, Dubs, usually he's on. He switched on. It's John Herbin, the football coach. And, mm. and that's very impressive. But then you see him lay his soul bare. I think that is so refreshing to see. And, and as perhaps as a footballer under him, um, as you mentioned there, they must, you would think, have a feel a freedom now to just speak their mind, to be honest with him as he builds his culture as well, you know, um, disarming them yeah. as well. You don't see that very often in sports, right? There's this macho alpha bullshit industry that we're all involved in. It's so rare that you do see this. Occasionally you do. Deli Ali, that, that kind of, you know, I, th I thought of that when I heard this interview, Deli Ali's interview before the season, explaining his struggles. Um, and I was hoping that Delhi would have an incredible season, by the way, but he's still bloody hurt. Mm. But anyway, but well, you know, Sharms, the other thing too is these are kids, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of them are kids who've been sheltered, whether it's female or male, it is a sheltered privileged life. And, you know, one of those things I, I lived it a little bit. And then all of a sudden you're, you're thrown into the spotlight where every movement you make from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep is followed. 
Now there's social media. John, and the, going back to the mental gymnastics, I have no idea what, if anything, Canada soccer could have done to make it better or worse or anything like that. But just the worry of not having having to worry about your back, meaning not having feeling confident about the administration of this federation. You know, if every day we had to worry about us using the conversations we had against each other or something mm-hmm. like that, or not coming to the table or someone not doing their job, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be successful. We wouldn't be able to continue doing this if we were being inauthentic. So there's a level of that where I'm like, wow, the, the way he managed that, I'm surprised he, like I said, I'm surprised he did so well and got the team to where they were. So amazing, you know, amazing results. But part of the results were for him, obviously, he couldn't enjoy, right? Like he wasn't enjoying all the moments he should have. That is the sad part, isn't it? If you think about it, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's achieved this incredible accomplishment leading Canada back to the World Cup, first time in 36 years. The whole country's watching. That's the whole country watching a soccer team, a men's soccer team for the first time in a long time. And he can't really enjoy it. Meanwhile, his daughter's having this great experience. He said that, how much she loved the World Cup because I'm sure he, he didn't divulge to her at the time what he was going through. And him not to enjoy that, he's, he must feel ripped off. He's a football coach, right? He, he's at the, the cusp, the top of the pyramid. He's achieved everything you can achieve, really, certainly as a Canadian soccer coach, and you can't actually enjoy it. That sucks. That's that's a burden that he's going to have to deal with. I think for 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 a while. I think. Yeah, you have to navigate that yeah. a little bit. It must have been difficult for him to come to that realization after that fact. You know what I mean? Like that probably wasn't an easy discussion that he had to have almost with himself to to address those feelings because I'm sure there was a lot of pent up resentment towards towards Canada soccer towards the situation. Um, yeah, but I mean, he talked about, I mean, we're uh, talking about trauma, but like, there's also like, a f- he used the word fracture as well, talking about the dressing room, but he must feel that almost about himself and, and that, um, not that environment, but that um, experience in a sense, like as you're saying, Charms, that he was almost robbed of it when he should have, it should have been pure enjoyment. You know, he should have just been reveling in it, but he didn't get to. I feel bad now, Craig, you know, during the World Cup, I think we had fun with it, you know, and the whole Croatia. Yeah, I think that that might have... Go ahead, Craig, sorry. You're a little bit uh, delayed here. <laughs> I know, sorry about that. You no, know, I was just uh, thinking about... I was uh, thinking about the World Cup, and then obviously I think it was probably after the fact that he he didn't really enjoy it because when his daughter says, well, I had such a great time, it was one of the you know brilliant you know experiences of her young life. And yet, when he's in that state of mind, or when anybody is, uh, it doesn't matter what somebody says to you. You're like, well, that's interesting because I don't feel that way. You know, that's kind of what I got from his interview is that I'm not feeling that this is as exciting as it is for my daughter, and it should be. And she doesn't understand that either and probably won't. And uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But for him, I think that was a turning point, certainly when he got back and thought, wow, geez, I, I didn't enjoy that as much as I I should have. Not to mention, I mean, that when you, you see your kid experiencing and enjoying something wonderful, you should also revel in that enjoyment too and seeing them enjoy it. So being in the space he was at must have been torturous, I would think, to see your kid 
experiencing this thing and you can't mm. you can't you know immerse yourself in that enjoyment as well because of what you're going through mentally as well it's brutal i'm saying that i feel bad now because i think we had fun in the world cup and even when <laughs> the whole croatia incident happened and the 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 front page of john on the croatian media you know the naked john and, and then we, we put go, up oh, the naked john we put up, yeah, the we naked put it up john. i know and, and oh it's funny oh he'll see the funny side of it but i mean Christ, we had no idea what he was going through. No clue. And it just, it's a good lesson, isn't it? You, I mean, I put it on, on Twitter. You, you never know what's behind the mask. And uh, it's, it's a good lesson not to take these people for granted because there's a lot of shit going on in everyone's head. We all go through it to a certain degree, I think. But uh, on that stage, it's, mm. it's a different level. Um, I, I did find it, Craig, you mentioned earlier, and it's something we should think about because when we have interviews on, on Footy Prime, there's five or six of us v1 right that is intimidating for some people not not i'm not saying john he can handle it um but for some people we we, we're rather large personalities and and together we are like the mob and i can understand why people might be uh you know perhaps not too open to appearing on our on our interview show so i think you know we'll we'll talk about this and once we get the website launched we want to bring back interview for sure we want to get some fascinating people on this show it doesn't always need to be six of us v1 I think no. you can do a one-on-one and, and get those kind of interviews. I think that'd be a brilliant idea. Um, even though we're lovely people and we'll never gang up on you unless you're a dick, in which case watch out because Broccoli's frenemy cauliflower can be really nasty. <laughs> Joey Barton. <laughs> we're coming for you. I just say, I put those listening and not watching. Um, so we're doing this. It's good <clears throat> chat this, right? And we're hitting some, some important issues. And I can't help but smirk a little bit when I look down and look at our, our name tags on our record here. And one of them is Broccoli's Frenemy Cauliflower. <laughs> so when, when, when Wong is talking about you know, his, his struggles with his dad's death, <laughs> and, and it says Broccoli's Frenemy Cauliflower. Well, that's the point, right? <laughs> like, in, uh, there's going to be, what is it? Uh, in every life, uh, some rain must fall, right? Like we, You have to see the, the other half, too. And the other half is... We pick each other up. We make each other cry. We make make each other laugh. And that is part of the adventure of Footy Prime, let's be honest. We kind of know where we want to go in a show, but that's a microcosm for what this show has turned into. It's therapy. It's uh, enjoyment. It's community. It's building up not just our, uh, our own personalities, but letting other people. We're inclusive as fuck. And that's why, you know, from the Ronda Brownlee. We have a broad with us, for Christ's sake. We do. We have a (laughs) One of the broads is with us. Oh, and speaking of. generous of you. Charms, did you know, and sorry, I'm switching this, but Rian's dad just got uh, nominated or no, enrolled. Inducted. Inducted into the rugby Canadian Rugby Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. So he was. Rian Wilkerson for those. Really? That's amazing. And you've never spoken rugby with her. And I didn't know either until she put well, it up on Twitter. Did you guys not know? I thought you knew that based on how, Sharms, you kind of threw in some rugby chat when no, she was No, because she mentioned it. Our first interview with her, she mentioned uh, the rugby background. And mm-hmm. that's where my, uh, my eyes lit up. Maybe I'll do a one-on-one interview with Rian and her dad. One-on-two in that case, I guess. About no, rugby. He, was in, he was inducted posthumously. Yes, he passed oh. away. 
Yes. Yeah. So well, that way to go be, again. That would be, be challenging. Well, well done, Charms. Yes. And also, this is actually an, uh, an opportune time for me to say, because people are like, oh, we should have Amy's mom on with her sisters. I'm like, my mom my mom died two years ago, yes. guys. Yeah. I don't want to be like the Debbie Downer on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, no I, longer with us. Yes. But, but so I, I wanted to so to the Wilkinson family. That's absolutely brilliant. That's brilliant. And, and it's, that. a, it's a good opportunity while we're just talking about community. Chris Corrigan uh, and Amy shared it with me. Uh, just said, honestly, this is awesome. I hate this app. And were, he's talking about Twitter. But there are a couple of communi- communities left that keep me here, including the TSS Rovers fam and the Footy Prime crew and their legion of really smart and funny supporters. Thanks for making me smarter and dumber in equal, in equal measure this year. <laughs> and that was also after our friend Rhonda Brownlee put together a fun little video. If you're bored, follow Rhonda, follow Footy Prime. Rhonda Brownlee. Yeah, she put a wonderful uh, video together to the soundtrack of Everybody Knows Your Name from Cheers. And it's it's amazing that we have this community that likes to do this and wants to do it and help Mm us um, reach more people. you, You can put that song to anything and I'll start crying. Jeffrey Dahmer cookbook. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You put that soundtrack to a Dahmer documentary. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's incredible. Listen, I think, you know, you mentioned there, Wonga, that, you know, our podcast go in various directions. We never know. So I think we should call it right now. That's it for today's podcast. I've got some other great topics which we can get to tomorrow because obviously we're recording on Thursday morning and also tomorrow being Friday morning, things that we will get to and that I plan to get to today, but this conversation took on a life of its own. Um, the Canada Soccer Awards being handed out. And by tomorrow, well, tomorrow, I think the men are being handed out tomorrow, so we may not know the winner by tomorrow's show. We'll know the women's, I believe, though, by tomorrow's show. Um, I also have here uh, no soccer players making the final nominees for the Northern Star Award. Okay. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, yeah. Um, great draw. Fascinating draw for Canadian teams in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Tigris, Whitecaps, Orlando City against Cavalry, and Chivas against Forge. I actually read that at Chicago earlier today. Uh, Chivas. Mm-hmm. It's actually Chivas. Um, Champions League games, of course, this past weekend. Uh, big games in the Women's Champions League as well, Dubs, as you, yes. uh, you reminded us. Massive games, actually, today. We can maybe talk about the results tomorrow. Yep, Evelyn Vienne, I think, is back and will feature for Roma against PSG. And then later on, I think Chelsea is against uh, BK Hacken. Clarissa, so four Canadians in that clash because we have our three Canadians for Chelsea and then Clarissa Laracy plays for Hacken. Okay. As we're all Mm -hmm. sick, it's a perfect That's what I was doing two days ago. (laughs) BK Hacken. Hacken. Hack. Turkish referee. Got punched by Oh my Christ. god! Horrendous. We'll get into that tomorrow, perhaps. It was yeah. just appalling. Obviously. Jimmy called them soft as grapes, but he broke his orbital. <laughs> I think orbital you were joking. Bone, right? Yeah, he, <laughs> he went down pretty easy, but I mean, listen, he broke his orbital bone. So. He's out of bricks. <laughs> bare, bare knuckle fist and punching is is very different to. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, and of course, thirty picks tomorrow. Tony Bet darts the ahead of a great weekend of Premier League action. We can catch on. Uh, fubo tv so we'll get to that tomorrow at least some of those topics tomorrow anyway but i think today we should call the hawks i think that's a pretty well, good yep uh, yep before we leave i just want to uh, leave us with one of the best reviews we've gotten uh recently and this was uh five stars from amelia fiona and it says excellent fish is the title had the pan seared sea bass it was great service was great would dine there again 
I think that's a metaphor. So yes, I think it is. Or she did it in the wrong place. (laughs) Five stars. Five stars. Five stars do make a difference to everyone out there. So get on there. Give us a nice review. Subscribe and like. And all that bullshit I hate hearing on other podcasts will do it as well because (laughs) it helps us impress sponsors and make us relevant. Yeah. Sherms, what is on your toque? Uh, Oh, Pickering Power. It's my daughter's ringette team. Oh, Oh. fun. I thought it was the state of Texas. I'm not going to lie. He's very very (laughs) proud of the nuclear, the nuclear energy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, Those isotopes, delicious. (laughs) Delicious. Um, Okay, um, that's it. Get used to them. You do after a while, yeah. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Six fingers, one hand. It's okay. All right, we're back uh, Friday morning. Hope you enjoyed it, everyone. Cheers for listening. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Beck. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. That was a great show, guys. Pretty good. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.